and welcome to Adoption Adventures. Hope you're all doing lovely and well. Um, just after a bank holiday weekend, everyone's got to be in a good mo- mood, right? <laughs> and the sun was shining. Well, at least it was where I was, so I say it's a win. Um, so today's episode, I'm going to be recording in two parts. I will be releasing it as one, but I'm going to be recording it as two sections. Um if you are sort of picking up some extra sort of background noise, I'm in the car doing my recording, so complete multitasking. Um, today's episode, I'm going to be talking about day one um, training. I'm off to deliver some training in person again, which is awesome. Um, and I thought I'd just talk to you about sort of what I'm hoping to get from the day, what I'm thinking about the day. And then the second part of the recording, I'll record on my way home. So as I can tell you how it went, um, sort of things I learned, things I picked up and, you know, different things that you might be thinking about. So here goes. So day one training, particularly for the agency that I'm working with today, it's, I suppose the challenge that we have, or that I have rather, is how to pitch day one. So it's it's while adopters are still in stage one, um, you're still going through your workbook, you're still sort of getting your references and your medicals, your DBS checks, all of those things are being put in place. And this is kind of like a day's training to just bring you into the fold, let you know some of the things that are happening, um, give you some examples, and just start adopters sort of on that journey of training, um, which is really, really valuable. The thing about the day one training is, like I said, it's how to pitch it. So it's a grade up from information events, but it's a grade down from three-day prep training. Because on the three-day prep training, we're able to go into a lot of details. Um, we sort of really, really build a relationship over those three days. We get to know the adopters. We get to know your story. And the sort of thinking that you're going on on a a single day we're not going to get the opportunity to really really know you um so you've got to pitch it at kind of a a middle ground um you can't go too intense because for adopters in stage one actually that could be really um i'm going to use the word intimidating um to sort of come into a a one-day training you've not even really spent any time with a social worker you're not you've not started your journey you've started your workbook which is a heavy going activity then if you went to a training and it was real heavy that might actually deter some people and it could deter some people that we really don't want deterred so You've got to start sort of gradually opening that lid and saying, okay, let's start 
our journey of thinking about this. Let's let's start thinking about some of the things that we may face, some of the questions we might need to look at, um, and almost begin the journey of sort of challenging thoughts, um, which can work really really well. Obviously. Everyone in the room has attended an information event in some format or another. So they have an idea of what to expect. So you need to make sure that it's a little bit more information than that as well, because you don't want people attending an entire day's training, taking a day out of work and going, well, what, <laughs> what was the point of that? Um, so like I say, it's, it's making sure that the, the pitch is absolutely right. Um, and that, the audience can understand where they're heading um, and you're giving them an idea of what's to come next, basically. Um, I really like day one training. I don't get to do day one training very often. Um, The agency I work with um, tend to get me to work on three-day prep training um, and I really, really enjoy that. Um, so I'm happy with, with how that works out, but I do really like to get to see the day one training and how it's sort of evolving. It's a number of years ago, people would come away from the day one training and they would feel quite negative and feel quite sort of low about the entire experience. And I'm really excited to say that that is, that's changing significantly. Um, another thing that I've seen change significantly as well is when we get to the three-day prep this is when we start talking about contact in a real sort of deep way and I've watched a significant change in a doctor's perspective around contact over the years now I'm confident it's because there is a lot more information out there and there is a lot more um it's, it's a lot easier to access the other side of the story, which is really cool. Um, but I also find that at the day one training, people are getting a little bit of an insight as to what's going on with contact and why they need to start thinking about it a bit differently. So I've seen the, the true benefits of this training and how it's helping um, sort of adapt some thinking as well, which is really exciting. Um, on a day one training, um, I don't get to have masses of involvement. Um, like I don't, there's not a, a number of activities for me to complete um, like there is on the other training. Instead, I'm I'm there to. I guess I'm there to add a little bit of meat to the bones. I'm there to sort of bring the social workers theory to life um, and to just give a flavour of our experiences. Um, I'm not there to talk too heavily about little dude's sort of life experiences. Instead, I've just got to, again, give a a flavour of what life is like, a little bit of his background, um, but again, not not too intense. but enough to let them know sort of some of the struggles that were there. Um, and again, I find this to be, it, it works really well um, because you've, 
you're giving just enough information that the adopters are interested, they are asking good um, sort of questions, and they are feeding back and um, wanting more information. So it's it, it works really nicely. My expectation, when it comes to any training, um, I was going to say, I guess, when it's a shorter training, maybe more so. Um, but you know what? Actually, any training, regardless. Um, my expectation is that the trainees, the adopters, will engage and ask questions. I find that the best training that I've ever delivered is when a group of people in front of me are asking a load of questions because it helps me to know where their thinking's at so as I can pitch and sort of pitch my information at that level. Um, so I find that really, really crucial. And I, I once heard a, a public speaker talk about how when he's delivering a talk and a training, he says, actually, I, I believe that all I am is a facilitator of your learning. And I believe I'm here to facilitate you learning from your peers. And I guess that's the kind of trainer I try to be. I, I, want, I want my adopters today to learn from each other, to discuss stuff that one might be thinking that the other wasn't, and to just challenge each other's thoughts and and start their journey of, of learning, but together. The other expectation I have of today, um, I'm not sure expectation is the right word, more like a, a hope, um, is that everyone starts to sort of connect with each other. Um, because we've been online for so long, I've found that sort of relationships being built between the adoption community has been a little bit harder to do. I'm not saying it's impossible because there are some incredible sort of channels that people have taken up and it's been amazing. Um, but I would really like to see more of that. Um, and I would love it if over the course of today, I started to see some connections being formed, not necessarily a, a friendship blossoming, but some people that are just learning that this person sat next to me, they're going through it too. Um, so I think I think that's what I'm hoping will, will happen over the day. Um, there are certain sort of restrictions in what we can and can't do um, in the room. So um, usually you get the um, group up and moving about and sort of interacting with one another. You know, there's an icebreaker at the start of the day where, where you go around and you actually have to talk to everyone in the room. Obviously, we're not able to do that at this stage. Um, so we're going to have to come up with a different sort of icebreaker to get people to talk um, and get people to engage. Um, so, yeah, my expectation is actually we're going to have a good day. Um, there's going to be a start of people's learning journeys um, and the start of some sort of meaningful connections. That's what I'm hoping to get from today. Um, so what I'm going to do, like I say, I'm going to sort of record 
again at the end of the day and I'll let you know how how the day went um, and if my my expectations were met I guess um, so I shall speak to you in a bit but to those of you that are listening I'm going to speak to you in two seconds but in reality it's hours have passed absolute hours <laughs> right thanks for so much speak to you soon okay hello everyone um i'm hoping that in the moment that i said i'll be back uh you sort of paused it for a few hours um maybe had yourself a nice cup of tea to really get the feeling of having that breather um so it's now um i'm now driving back from the end of the day one training um really good day actually um really really interesting group um, and I mean that in a positive way, not sort of the, they were weird and interesting. Um, it was uh, it was a group made up of quite a, a few different sort of types of family, which was really nice because, again, that sort of sparked some conversation. Um, and people were coming at it from quite an open-minded perspective, which was really, really sort of nice to observe. Um so I talked about what my hopes and sort of aspirations were for the day, the expectations for, for myself, you know, being that they'd start to engage with one another and start to sort of build that network um, and also be a chatty group and start to ask a lot of questions as well. Um I would say that definitely started to happen. Um, so with regards to sort of making connections and talking to one another, that, that was definitely happening. Um, I think it happened as much as you could expect it after just one day. Um, there were some nice conversations going, but not real in-depth. You tend to find that after the three-day um, training. So it was it was good. It was working nicely. Um and there were a couple of doctors there who talked about a desire to sort of create a network um, and create a sort of a support network, which was really nice to see. Um, with regards to asking questions and being a chatty group, that that was there for, for the vast majority of the group, actually. There was, um, it was quite a few people that were asking questions as, as the day went on. Um, sort of um, challenging thoughts, um, raising questions, talking about their own sort of stuff so as they can try and get a handle on what's going to happen. And that was really, really good. Um, You know, we got to sort of have some really positive conversations about what to expect, some of the challenges and things like that. So that was quite, quite nice to see. Um, there was an element of um, sort of some topics came up that challenged, I won't say challenged my thinking, but it brought out new questions for me to consider as well, um, which was really cool. Um, There was a couple there that were talking about how one of them, um, for their work, there's the opportunity for relocation to different countries for set periods of time and how would the adoption agency sort of react to that 
I hadn't heard of this before um, and I hadn't seen adopters be sort of upfront and honest about that before, which I thought was really cool. Um, and what was nice as well, the agency were, weren't were quick to sort of stamp things down and say, no, absolutely not. You know, this is the, that's it. You might as well leave now. Instead, it was, okay, we would need to explore that. We would need to explore how it would look what the expectation would be and how soon after placement this would be likely to happen, um, which I thought was really positive. Um, you know, the idea that it wasn't just a no and it wasn't a simple yes or no, it was, we need to explore this, we need to consider that. You know, and we said, you know, if if you've got a child that's been placed with you and two months later, you're talking about leaving the country, that's not going to be fair on this child. Whereas if this child's been living with you for a year, they've started to form a good attachment, and then you're looking at moving, you're in a much stronger position to see if that is a smart decision for you and your family. Um, we then, it allowed us to start talking about and thinking about what contact would look like and how they would manage contact, if it was direct contact and things like that. So, so it was really nice to see that there was a, a good conversation, a conversation I've not been sort of party to um, during my journey. So it was it was nice to see somebody raise that as a challenge and how that challenge was then sort of met. Um, so that was that was that was good. Um, we then had um, an adoptee in the room as well um, who talked about their own journey. Um, obviously, I won't share details because that's not my place to. Um, but they shared aspects of their journey and wanted to challenge some thinking as well. And again, that was really, really good because it helps you to start thinking about what has changed, what hasn't, what needs to change and what can't change. Um, and that was really, it was nice to sort of think of that and and to see for me as well i i think it's always lovely when i meet an adoptee that is going on to adopt um i think that that's quite a a lovely cycle um personally um i was i was asked a couple of questions um one being what are social workers actually like um which i thought was a really great question um I gave an honest answer. Um, what social workers like, you know, the majority of the social workers that I've met have been absolutely brilliant. Um, you know, they're there to make a difference and they're pleased that they are making that difference. So you're going to find some incredible people. The same with any profession. Not everyone is going to be fantastic. And unfortunately, you're going to have some bad eggs within it. It's That's life. Um, but I said, you know, from my experience, particularly with the agencies that I've worked with, staff turnover seems to be quite low. And I think, I think it's because, and this is a generalization and it's not based on anything other than my own opinion. So I might be well out here, but I think a lot of people that become social workers, they become social workers because they want to make a difference. And I think within the world of adoption, they can see that difference happening. They can see their work at 
actually taking effect um, and they can see the positive outcome of their hard work. So I think that they don't leave the world of adoption because they do see a result from their work. Um, I think in a number of other aspects within social care, they see that it doesn't matter how hard they work, bureaucracy will get in the way. Um, and slowly but surely, I think that that deflates people. Um, again, sweeping statement, generalisation, and I might be way off base there. That's just my sort of experience and my thought process. Um, but yeah, the majority of social workers that I've met within the world of adoption have been fantastic um, and are there with a passion for, for change. So, so that's how I sort of answered that. Um, there were questions surrounding what sort of support is in place for adopters post-placement, um, which was really good as well, because it means that they are thinking long-term and they are there's a realisation that it might not be all rosy at the end of it. You know, there could be some, there could be a couple of struggles. <laughs> um so it's good that they're thinking about that and starting to ask the question of where does this support come from? Um, so that was that was nice that the thinking process was there. Um, we touched on the subject of contact and sort of saw that there was a variety of emotions in the room about contact. Um, and again, that's it's it's sort of you can see that there's more information coming out and more knowledge out there so people are starting to think about that a lot earlier in their journey which I, I I'm really pleased about um, so yeah all in all a really really good day um, a, a really nice group to work with um, and I think there's going to be some sort of challenges there um, like when I say some challenges, social workers are going to need to look at the cases differently um, and try to make sure that they're sort of ticking ticking the right boxes. But I think I think there's some really positive adopters coming through from this, um, which is lovely. Um, I was talking about national statistics, um, and the numbers I'm about to give you are not sort of. Um, they're not exact to to the to the letter, um, but across the country on LinkMaker this is so. There will be some adopters who are not registered on LinkMaker, and there will be some children that are not registered on LinkMaker. But just based on LinkMaker, there are around about a thousand approved adopters and 500 children waiting. Um, like I say, those numbers are not exact and they could have changed drastically because I've, I found those numbers out about two weeks ago. So they, they could have changed. Um, but those were sort of the figures that I had available to me, um, which it's interesting. I saw this happen a few years ago where the numbers changed that there was more adopters than there were children. Um, 
I would like to see a doctor's viewpoints challenged on what a perfect match looks like for them um, to see if we can bring that number of 500 down. Um, the frustration that I'm finding, and I'm, I'm going to sort of rant here, is the court systems are taking their sweet time with a lot of decisions and they are not they're not acting quick enough and as a result it would not surprise me if there were a bottleneck situation and the floodgates are going to open soon of a lot of children that need to be sort of have adoption orders permitted um and i think that I think that the legal system needs to do a lot more to catch up on their backlog. And I think there's some excuses being made that, in my opinion, and I don't have all of the facts and all the details, but in my opinion, that really frustrates me. Um, because if everyone is child-centred, that shouldn't be a situation. And I think that in those instances, I think that there are some excuses being made because it's easier to do that than to actually do the work. Um, and I find that really upsetting. So that's my mini rant over. I won't delve into that too much further because I'll just get annoyed. Um, but the the positive I have there is a thousand approved adopters on Linkmaker and 500 children waiting for a placement. Those numbers to me are exciting um, because it means that it's adopters that are going to be waiting not children i know that there are 500 children waiting but it means that there is an abundance of adopters who are out there waiting so children shouldn't be waiting for as long and in in the world of adoption that's the way around you want it you want adopters to wait and not children um so if if it stays that way then it's fantastic if it stays that way, it means that um, adoption agencies will be able to be a little bit spoiled for choice. So they'll be able to say, actually, do you know what? I'm not entirely sure that this is the right match or I'm not entirely sure that you are ready for this journey. Um, and again, that would be devastating for someone. Absolutely devastating. And I get that. But if it means that we've got less disruptions or if we've got better placements going on then it's it's all for the right reasons so i'm hoping that agencies actually see this as an opportunity to sort of really bring out the strengths in the adopters that they've got but also bring that number of 500 rapidly down um and actually get ahead of it um, so as they've actually then got a waiting list of adopters that want to go ahead, um, that that would be the utopian world. So let's see what happens. Um, so this is uh, yet another um, sort of episode that has been recorded on location. <laughs> um, I hope that the sort of background noises of the the cast has not been too horrendous. I will let you know, sort of the dedication that I've got to this podcast, it is a million degrees. My car is currently saying 26 degrees. I think that's just inside the car. But I've kept the windows up 
so as you can hear me, but my aircon is not working. So, listeners, that's the dedication I've got towards you guys, okay? Think, think about that. <laughs> um, as always, thank you so much for listening. Um, thanks for taking part. Um, if, if you found that, you know, you've been to a day one um, group or if you are thinking about this and you've got some questions or, you know, I've brought up anything that you think, oh, actually, I'd like to know a little bit more about that, then my contact details will be in the blurb. Um, and you can always reach out to us on the on the socials as well. Um, but yeah, get in touch and let us know if you have any thoughts or feedback. Otherwise, I look forward to speaking to you next week. Okay, bye.